Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Gunner. What's going on, my man? Thanks for watching. I'm, I'm glad that you find the show entertaining. This one will be more entertaining than every other show combined for you, my man. Today, we have episode 23 of the Rubio Method. My name is Chris Rubio, along with Nicholas Monahan. We have a phenomenal show. Here's what we're going to talk, talk about today. Four ways to actually make a change. Being buried versus being cremated. Are we lying about Hallmark movies? What skills are we lacking? Hidden spots in Chicago. Monahan being super rude. Monahan cooking for Rubio. Mental health issues for men under 30. And finding out who you truly are. All of that and much, much more on the Rubio method. Christian. I'm out. Focus. Focus up. Talking to you, Gabriel. Thanks for watching out in Lewiston, Idaho, my main man. And make sure as you're watching this, you're eating like I always tell you to. You guys are doing a great job of watching, subscribing, and sharing on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, what else do I got? And NGBN.tv. And of course, the RubioMethod.com. Monahan, it is your time, my man. Give me a minute with Monahan. Go. Yes, it is the new year, new year, new me. Some people hate that. I love it. I love any opportunity that you could get to better yourself. And we're talking about four ways to actually make a change in your life this new year. So, number one is make your goals clear and obtainable. Right. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to go and say, I'm going to work out 365 days this year. No, you're not. Um, number two is have a journal. Man, I've really leaned into journaling lately. Um, and so take take notes, have a goal journal. What went well today? Have a plan each day to make sure that whatever it is that you're trying to do, you can succeed and you have it tangibly right in front of you. Uh, number three is tell a friend, tell someone that you trust you're looking to make this change. Say, and I would suggest, fellas, make it a guy. We love our wives, but uh, man, if it's something uh, that you're trying to change as a man, go ahead and tell your boy, your brother, whatever it is. Um, and ladies, I would also tr tell a trusted uh, female in your life. And number four is reward yourself. Reward yourself. Find something that is uh, that you enjoy. That you know, if it's uh, like three gallons of ice cream, that might not be it. But if it's like going to the movies or, you know, uh, buying yourself something cool, do those rewards because then you'll actually want to cross the finish line on your goals and your life changing. I like those a lot, Monahan. I like the accountability one, writing it down, all those. But the accountability one, when you tell someone else, it, it just basically holds you to that standard. And it's it's that's that usually pushes people over the edge because you can let yourself down. But when you start to let someone else down, that's where it really, really kind of screws you. Remember, if you guys have any email questions, you can email Rubio at therubiomethod.com. That's Rubio at therubiomethod.com. You can also just go to Rubio therubiomethod.com and contact us on that. Monahan, I know you got three fantastic questions. Please start.
Yes, let's go. First question is a little morbid, but uh, I like it. Comes from Suzanne in Salt Lake City, Utah. Says, "Do you guys want to be buried or cremated?" I'll take this one first. I think uh, buried is good for me, except that story that you told the other day about uh, that lady that haunted you. That still freaks me out. I think I think about it a little bit more than I should, but definitely buried. What about you, Rubio? Well, first of all, why did you say cremated? Cremated. Why did you sound it out? I actually that don't means- know. When it came out, I was like, what am okay, I Okay, I was going to make sure. I wasn't sure if that was a Minnesota Monaghan thing like we needed to talk about, or did you just mess up the word cremated? Because now yeah. it's making me nervous. I, I um, couldn't get out of first gear on that. <laughs> yeah, you were struggling right there. Anyway, <laughs> I would like to be cremated. And the only reason why, and this is the most bizarre reason, my grandfather passed away probably in like 1994, 95. I've told you many stories about him. And an old Italian custom, I think, this is at least what my grandma told me, was we had to watch him at the funeral. You know, you go to the uh, gravesite or whatever. We had to watch him. He and my, my cousin and I had to go watch him get buried. So every the whole family leaves to go eat sausages or pasta or whatever the hell they were doing. And you have to watch them. Literally, the hole's already dug, obviously. And they get this tractor and they lowered my grandfather in. And I remember them lowering in, then they start pushing the dirt on, pushing the dirt on. And then every couple scoops, they pat, 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 scoop, pat, 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 pat. And this is the reason why I want to be cremated. This is the most bizarre thing. I remember thinking, holy crap, I'd be so claustrophobic (laughs) because all that underneath six feet of dirt, pat, pat, pat. And yes, I know before someone emails me or cusses me out or texts me, says, Rubio, you're dead. You won't even notice. I don't care. Ever since my MRI issue, I don't want to be claustrophobic. I'm out. I get cremated. I sprinkle myself over, you know, Coeur d'Alene Lake, a couple pizza places around here. Whatever. Monahan, go. Number two. Excellent. That was a great story. I'm in. I support the whole thing. Um, this one comes from Tom in Portland, Oregon. He says, I have to know, are you guys serious about really liking those cheesy Hallmark movies or is that a joke? Rubio? 100% serious. So serious that Monahan and I share titles and reviews, what's good and what's bad about them. I'm not even embarrassed. Like I said, I've got no guilty pleasures with music or movies. I like them. I love them. I know exactly the direction they're going, so don't yell at me about that. I just think they're fantastic. At one point during the, the whole bowl season, my wife came, comes down. We have two living rooms. She comes down watching football. She goes, am I really watching football and you're watching Hallmark movies? Hell yeah, you are. Monahan, are you serious about them? Oh, serious as a heart attack, man. I love these things, dude. I, year round. Year round, man. My wife and I will watch them in July. I love them. I, hey, I know exactly what's going to happen, and I'm excited when it does. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Last one here. Um, this is from Kevin in Manhattan Beach, California. He says, you both are obviously good at manly sports since you played in college. Uh, but I want to know what manly skills are you lacking? Okay, I'm going to take this one first. Um, I oddly, when I saw this question, I was like, well, I, I think I think I'm pretty manly. You know, I got a hairy chest. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no idea how to hunt or like, uh, you know, field dress anything. And I have a buddy who was telling me, he he's like, yeah, you just, you field dress it out there or whatever he does. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. And so I think that that's one area in my life where I definitely don't feel manly is learning or is hunting or field dressing. What about you, Rubio? Um, I would say literally every other manly topic or skill, whether it be hunting, 
whether it be hiking, whether it be anything with tools, pretty much anything besides sports, I'm terrible at. So every, every, literally just every other manly thing you can possibly think of, just think Rubio's bad at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's winners and losers in life. I lose on that one. Uh, like I said, make sure if you guys have any email questions, email Rubio at the rubiomethod.com and keep doing a great job of sharing on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and of course, ngbn.tv. Get ready for a fantastic interview. You're going to love the guest. I promise you. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. Frisbee, I'm talking to you. Keep doing all the good things you are and spreading the great message out there, my man. Welcome back to episode 23 of the Rubio Method. Today's guest is someone you all know and love. It's the wonderful Nick Monahan. Monahan, thanks for sticking on with us, my man. Of course, man, I'm so excited, this will be awesome. <laughs> okay, so let's give a little background on Nick Monahan. He's husband to Casey dad to Jet, and lives in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a professional photographer, owner, owner of the Monahan Media Group, and co-host of the Rubio Method. Monahan, as you know, I've got three quick questions for you. Number one, you grew up in Chicago. What is one non-touristy thing people should know about that they don't? Yeah, so number one is, is like Portillo's, it's my favorite. It slaps, but go ahead and go to like a terrible looking establishment. That's where best hot dogs are, the best fries. Um, don't go to the, don't go to Portillo's. Find like uh, Johnny's Beef on the side, on the corner of the road. That's your spot. That, that, that's a pizza place, right? Not something else. Cause you know, you throw that, <laughs> <laughs> that could be a little aggressive. Hey, Johnny's Vivo. <laughs> what's the pizza place we went to for the Manly Ward? I love that place. Oh, Aurelio's, the sweetest sauce on the face of the earth. That Aurelio, is a shout out. Kiss. Free commercial for you right there. Number two, <laughs> Monahan, what was the best thing about the Harley Davidson Museum in Milwaukee? And why didn't you take Rubio? <laughs> you guys remember from last episode Rubio talked about that <laughs> Man, uh, boy you know the the, the the museum was actually terrible <laughs> a lot of rude people <laughs> oh my gosh the best thing was learning about all the history of Harley Davidson's I own a Harley and I live on that thing in the summer and, and I what's that Part two of the question? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the most important part. I don't know why. It was so funny. I had plans with a buddy, but his wife had gotten sick. And I literally was like, okay, tight. I'm going to go to Milwaukee and go to the, the Harley Davidson Museum. And I just left. And I like, I, as soon as I got there, I was like, damn, I bet you Rubio would have Monaghan, like hold on. Stop. See, this is information that I did not have before. I wasn't even first tier invite. You <laughs> invited a friend. He was ill. <laughs> and I still get, didn't get an invite. 
<laughs> oh, we're, we're moving on. I, I can't take any more. I'm going to drop into depression here. <laughs> Number three, if I'm going to your house for dinner, what are you cooking for me? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, so uh, my wife found this recipe, and I absolutely love it. It's called uh, Mexican lasagna because it is – it's, like, layered like lasagna, but it's, like, taco meat, um, tortilla, um, like, uh, taco – like, the seasoning for the sauce, cheese. Oh, dude, it it slaps. It's the reason why I gained so much weight uh, for a while there, but that's what I make you. It's delicious. Spicy or not? Um, so that's up to you. We can make it spicy. Now, I prefer like hot, like jalapenos and like just the hotter, the better. Um, but I don't so know. It's like a seven layer dip. Would you throw in a couple tortillas to call it lasagna? Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> when I let's get to the, the meat and potatoes, as you will, of this interview. When I first got asked to do the Rubio method, immediately my mind said, okay, it's going to be about mental health, men's mental health. And for some reason, the back of my mind, I thought Monahan, 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 because, and we've talked about this on the show, you had used to put po post on social media about once every four to five, six months. Hey guys, if you need someone to talk to, I'm always available for you. You and I discussed it. You're like, yeah, man, I do. And then you started talking about uh, your mental health adventure, so to speak. I want to know, and I think everyone wants to know, because you're under 35, you're under 30, I believe. What happened? Let's let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. How do you know so much about mental health? What happened to your mental health being so young? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, and I actually am 30, so right on the dot there. Um, but yeah, so what happened was, so in high school in 2009, um, I remember I was in class, and I so well actually to to back up when I was a kid. I'd always be worried about stuff. Like I would ask my parents every time we got in the car, like, do we have enough gas? Like, I don't know why. I just would always ask, like, do we have enough gas? Are we good to go? And so, like, as a kid, like, I don't know, you just you just ask that question because you're just worried that we're going to run out for whatever reason. Um, but then dialer forward in high school, um, I remember I was learning about, like, schizophrenia or just mental health things in health class. And then I got, I like, confused my own self-talk with, with, like, voices in your head. Um, I was obviously like a young kid. I was in high school um, and the teacher didn't really teach it all that well, I guess. Um, but it freaked me out and I got so scared. I got basically agoraphobia. I was in uh, Dolvin Lake, Wisconsin or Lake Dolvin, Wisconsin. And um, I remember having just like uh, just an, an absolute panic attack. And I was like, whatever, 14, 15 years old. So I didn't know. Hold on. Happening. Hold on. What's agoraphobia? Oh, it's like where you're afraid to like go outside, like leave your house. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I was shaking. I like was throwing up and like, it was really bad. And in fact, I didn't know, I didn't understand what happened. I just knew that like my mind was like freaking out. And so dialer forward every day, literally every minute after that panic attack, that first anxiety attack, I was in a perpetual state of anxiety because I was like, I don't know what just happened. And I kept thinking that I was going to have like a heart attack and die or what have mm -hmm. you. Um, and so like I was really scared, really nervous, and it it, it freaked me out. And so um, it, it, it really like it, every single day was a battle mentally. I was like, do I even want to like keep doing this anymore? Like there was a time where I was – what's that? I was going to say, did you talk to – what, what year in high school are we talking? Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? And did you talk to someone about this or were you just talking to your parents, your brother? 
I was too scared to talk to anybody about it because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. Because you have to think, like I was, I was a start. This is my junior year of high school, and I was a starter on the football team, and I was like, kind of quote unquote, like the man. Like I was a junior starting on varsity, I was doing well, and everyone thought that I was like this guy. But I knew mentally, like I was like, dude, my head is so messed up right now. I can't tell anybody because they'll think I'm crazy and mm-hmm. they'll pull me out of everything and then like make me go to the hospital or what have you just because I had no idea. And it turns out I just had anxiety and I'll never forget this girl. Her name is Mary Therese Altacino. I um, mean, she's still a good friend uh, to this day, but I remember finally caving because I finally had enough in my mind. I was so sick of just being always feeling like this that I caved and I was like, Mary, this is how I feel right now. And I'm, I'm, I have to go home. And she's like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. Like my head is like really messed up right now. And I think I need to just go home. And she said, no, you're having an anxiety attack. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, it's just like, you're just like really nervous. You're, you're, you're scared. And I was like, okay, like that sounds good. And then I went to this uh, retreat where kids talk about their feelings. And I learned that like, you know, it's okay to, to like when you're dumb, your, your, your roommates upstairs, when, when things aren't going well, like it's not the end of the world. It's okay for that to be kind of, you know, in flux, but just talk to somebody about it, about it, find someone to talk to. And then, um, and then I just kind of made that my mission to make sure that everybody knows that you're not crazy and there's, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to talk to somebody because chances are someone else knows exactly what's going on, especially a professional, like a counselor, and they can help you. And you don't have to live like that because um, like I said, there was like t- two times where I was just like, I'm done with this. Like, like that's a wrap. And, yeah, and it's one of those things that it, it could have been solved or not, not necessarily solved. Cause I don't think there's ever a full answer, but could have been solved a little bit earlier. Had you said like, just talk to Mary Louise Stevenson or whatever her name was, um, shout out, um, and just got some answers and, you know, cause I, and I think part of the problem was, is the thinking aspect of it where once you start thinking, it's just like when I teach my law stop thinking think of nachos think of girls think of ice cream because once you start thinking then you start thinking and then it's just a downhill spiral of that you overthink i remember my middle son at one point he was like 10 11 12 and like the whole gas station uh gas uh full tank thing you had an issue with he we couldn't go out of the house where he wasn't worried that we were going to die really and he would look up at a plane go is that plane going to crash on us and he was like deathly afraid of death and we had to get into where he would talk to the neighbor and it was the same thing as you. It was just the overthinking aspect of it. So what, how do you not overthink now, Monahan? Yeah, well, I, I now have coping me- mechanisms. So like if I ever feel that I'm having like any type of anxiety or nervous or scared or I get a funky thought or like I'm feeling off upstairs, mm-hmm. um, I have ways to like, because I, I met with a professional, I met with a counselor and she gave me steps of deep breaths. We went over that on one of our first episodes of taking those deep breaths where you breathe in, hold it for five and breathe out. Um, that That is enormous. And then also just telling myself like my anxiety has no control over me. I'm in control, not my anxiety. And, and even like telling someone, hey, you know, like my favorite illustration is the fact that, you know, when you open up a, a, a closet and you, the light goes in, the darkness doesn't come out and make all the rest of the room dark. The light goes in there and penetrates it. And that is something that happens when you let people in and, and trusted people like a counselor or a friend and say, hey, like my mind's not right right now. Um, and, and, and those steps that I've taken where I can breathe 
talk to somebody and know that I'm not crazy and there's not anything wrong with me. Um, that's been something that's been really enormous. So the, the problem is still there. It's just now you have the answers to combat. And I think that's what a, a lot of people, especially middle-aged dudes need to hear is yes, you will still have issues, but now you know how to have handle these issues. Yeah. Yeah. Like I equate it to like, I mean, this is kind of like not the same thing, but swimming with sharks, as long as you don't punch it in the face, like it, like it, it, you're going to be okay. And if you, if you are someone who struggles with anxiety and you're like in this perpetual state of anxiety, just keep going one day. If that's all it takes, just, I'm going to make it through today. And then I'm going to make it through today. And then the, the next day, say the same thing. I'm going to make it through today and I'm going to be okay. And I am going to talk to people because guys like, I mean, let's face it after the last few years, like shit's been fucked up like this world, like things are crazy. And so like, it's okay to feel uneasy. Like it's okay not to feel great, you know, but it's it, talk to somebody and, and, and practice those things because you're right. It doesn't go away. It's something I deal with every single day, but it's, it's, it's knowing how to be proactive with it. So you go through this every single day, but if anyone has hung out with you for more than a billionth of a second, they will know that you're a very happy and infectious person. How, how do you maintain that? I mean, because I, I feel to me a lot of it is it, it's not a facade. It's not an act, but you're you're running at 120 miles per hour. I can tell because like when you and I were hanging out at the Manly Ward, just watching TV, having a couple of drinks, when you put your head on a pillow and like you, you you're you're out. I mean, it's two seconds. So how do you keep up that happy, infectious attitude? Yeah, that's actually so true. As soon as I hit my head, I'm done. Um, man, I think the the big thing is um, I just love you know a good time. I love. I remember I was picked on as a kid. Um, just just for I was I guess I was like a little tubby. I also hung out with like bad people, um, but I was like picked on, and I and I hated the way I felt when I'd get picked on, and so I never wanted to feel like that. And so in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna choose joy. I'm gonna actively choose joy. And it's not the idea that the negative stuff isn't there because it is like, like there's still things in my life that are difficult. Um, and, and, and it's not, it's not that I'm just saying like, la -da 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 -da, choose joy, everything like it's no, it's like, I'm going to choose joy in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the battle. And so that's what really, uh, helps me kind of bring the energy, bring the fun. Um, and plus like, I love having a good time. I love smiling. I love laughing. Um, and I love being able to, to, to have other people experience that and to say, yeah, when I was with you, I felt like I was my true authentic self. And so like that stuff gets my chili hot. So like I, <laughs> I get fired up about that. Okay. So I've, I've got a nice deep question. That's going to, it's going to blow your mind. Ready? Yeah. You have said who you are and your character is what defines you. So who are you and what is your character? Man, number one, I'm a child of God. <laughs> like that is first and foremost. Um, I like even that question before. Like my faith is really. I know that this earth, this world, is temporary, and that my my joy is in, is in the Lord, man, and in, in heaven is 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 where where I get my excitement from. Um, so that is that's who I am, man. I'm a child of God, and I mess up all the time, and I swear a lot. <laughs> um, but I I know I'm an imperfect uh, a person. Um, and, but my character is, man, I'm always trying, like, I know I'm going to mess up. I know that I'm going to let people down and I might say some stupid things, but like, man, I am, my character is someone that is a child of God who wants to just live to show everybody how special they are. And I'm so imperfect at that.
Monahan, what is your purpose in life? Man, that's a great question. That's actually something I've been really journaling a lot about lately. Speaking of uh, that, my four tips earlier is like journaling. I've been journaling a lot lately because it's weird. I don't know about you, Rubio, but I obviously turned 30 uh, this year and now I feel like, man, it, it almost is like a perspective change, not a midlife crisis per se, but like definitely a perspective change of like, man, like what is my purpose? What am I doing? And mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing that I found, uh, I have a, a mission statement of my life and I kind of said it in the last question, but um, I'm, a, I'm a child of God whose who's mission is to make people know how loved and special they are. And so I feel like a big part of, of what I try and do, my purpose in life is to, to just make people feel loved and special. Um, I don't do that on the freeway on I-25, but, <laughs> but for the most part, man, that's that's my purpose. And I think that like my vocation and things like that that go outside of that really stem from that purpose because, yeah, I just I, I love people knowing that they're cared for and special because we all are, um, but the world does a terrible job of letting us know that. <laughs> Okay, before I get to my next question, I want to talk a little bit about this journaling. Is, is and this is gonna can come out rude, but it's not. Is is journaling just is is that like a male's diary? What do you do on that? Like, if someone has a question, like, what Monahan's talking about journaling? What the hell's journaling? What, what what are you doing in there? You're just writing down notes. That's a great question. Yeah, dude. Honestly, like some people have more. Like that is actually really awesome because for me, I'm a. a Why are you stuff. surprised at my good questions, Monty? <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> You're like, yo, I'm the host, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good question. Like, actually, and this is actually the second time I've gotten this question in like the last week and a half. Is like so. Journaling is at first I thought it was super weak and super lame because that's like girls keeping diaries. Um, but like for me, it's a way to like reflect and look back on like just tendencies in my life. So in practice, what I do is like every morning, whatever's on my mind and my heart, like I'm writing it down. Or like if I have a thought throughout the day of like, man, I feel like this, or like my I, I want to really lean into this aspect of my life that like a goal or like even a weakness or um, something that I'm excited about. I just write away. Or if like there's conflict going on in my life, like if like something's up with my family, like I'll like try and process like writing out what I'm feeling and what I'm seeing. And just like, it's almost like talking to a counselor, but you're talking to a piece of paper and just letting it know, or like at least getting your thoughts and feelings out. Um, And I've learned that that's an awesome way to ease my anxiety and a way to look back and and just kind of see like, oh, I remember this situation happening before, like earlier in my life. Um, how did I handle that? Or like, what was the way that didn't work well? And or what was the way that worked well? Okay, Monahan, you're on your Harley. It's the summertime. You've got some new tips and tricks from the Milwaukee uh, Museum that I wasn't invited to. No big deal. I <laughs> uh, wasn't even the first tier invite. And you're driving. You're driving. You're, you know, you're riding. You're riding. That's Harley talk. That's you're right. riding. And you're coming across this bridge and you see some guy on the edge of the bridge. He's, he's about to jump. You pull up next to him. You've got 30 seconds to save his life. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm going to tell him that his life, he's, he's so valuable. Like he is, who he is, is, is worth it. Like his life has meaning. It has worth. It has value. Like his life is not just, uh, you're not just a speck of dust on this rotating ball that is the world. Like you, you are someone that has so much tremendous value and meaning to you, no matter what you've done or where you've been. Like, obviously like there's bad people that have done bad things in this world. Um, but I truly believe that everybody has something that they can give. 
And so I would tell that person like, man, you're so worthy. You're so like worthy of life. What you do has meaning and what you're going to do is going to be meaningful. Um, and so I would just remind them of that. And, and, and honestly, as a listener, like whoever is listening to this, this show, I mean, we've had such tremendous feedback since we've, we've started the show almost a year ago. It's like, if you're listening to this show, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever you are, like, dude, you have so much value to, to your friends, you have value to your wife or your kids or your, you know, our, our females, you know, whatever your, your, your wife or your husband, like you have tremendous value. You are so worthy of life and, and doing something that is going to change others' lives in such a positive way. So that's what I would say. That was, that's what I tell them. And the reason why I tell them is like, cause it's the truth. Like you guys, like, man, Rubio, you like Christian, our, our, our producer, like all, everybody here, like has meaning and value to what they're doing. I love that answer, Monahan. It was more than 30 seconds, but it was well, well worth it. Um, you're a great man. Give Casey and Jet big hugs for me. Thanks for sticking around a little bit longer. You guys stick around a little bit longer as well, because coming up, we have the bottom line on episode 23 of the Rubio Method. Monahan, real quick, people can find you on what's their, their website or how could people contact you if they want to contact you? Yeah, um, I'd say probably the easiest one is Instagram and Twitter. Um, Nikki on Instagram, I'm Nikki Monahan Media, and on Twitter, I'm Nikki Mon's Photo. So hit me up there. I'd love to talk to you. Whatever you guys got, um, hit me up. I love. I'm also a big words of affirmation guy. So if you like what you hear, give us a shout. <laughs> and also uh, the Rubio, Rubio at the Rubio Method .com. Great segment. Get ready for the bottom line coming up in just a few. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies, nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, CG, and happy 50th birthday. I think it was 50. You don't look a day over 49, my man. Thanks for watching The Rubio Method on NGBN.TV. We're listening on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, iTunes, podcasts, and of course, YouTube. I, I like the YouTube one the, the best because I like to look at Monaghan's facial expressions. Welcome back to episode 23 with myself, Chris Rubio, and guest and co-host, Nick Monaghan. Right now, we have the bottom line segment. Bottom line is just the stuff that you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one, count to four and stick with it. Remember, the minute with Monaghan, that's where he gave us four tips to really get something going and make a change. They were real quick. One, two, three, four. Write them down, just like he talked about it with his journaling. That was actually one of them, and you will move things along a lot quicker. Number two, Learn to admit a mistake and laugh at yourself about it. This is obviously going back to me kind of mocking slash having hurt feelings because Monahan did not invite me to the Milwaukee Museum for Harley Davidson history or whatever it was. He knows he made a mistake. I kind of drag him on a little bit more and more and more, but he it laughs about it. He made the mistake. Get over it. What are you going to do? And number three, you were never too young or too old to find your purpose in life. 
as Monahan's gotten older, I've known that dude. He's 30 now. I've known him since I think he was about 14 or 15. And he's changed a lot over that amount of time. And he's just really now, basically, I'd say 28, 29, 30, finding his his smooth swing, his wheelhouse of who he is and what is his purpose in life. And if you don't know at 30, that's okay. Or you have to reposition your life and you find out who you are at 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60. That's okay as well. There's no timeline on the game of life. Do what you want. It's your life. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Remember, if you have any questions, you can always email rubio at therubiomethod.com. I want to thank Nicholas Monahan, Casey and Jet. Big hugs to you guys as well. Christian, I'm out.